Amen. Will you help me thank God for the musical gifts? Not only our musicians, but Reverend Sam Bennett, director, these wonderful singers. Thank God for you. I want to read a passage of scripture into your hearing today out of the Old Testament record, the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 6, beginning with verse 1. Some of you have been sitting for a moment. Will you stand with me just for a moment today? Daniel chapter 6, stretch. Uh, let's begin reading at verse 1, the Living Bible translation on today. Darius divided the kingdom into 120 provinces, each under a governor. The governors were accountable to three presidents. Daniel was one of them so the king could administer the kingdom efficiently. Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other presidents and governors, for he had great ability. And the king began to think of placing him over the entire empire as his administrative officer. This made the other presidents and governors very jealous, and they began searching for some fault and the way Daniel was handling his affairs so they could complain to the king about him. But they couldn't find anything to criticize. He was faithful and honest and made no mistakes. So they concluded our only chance is his religion. And they decided to go to the king and say, King Darius, live forever. We presidents, governors, counselors, and deputies have unanimously decided that you should make a law irrevocable under any circumstance that for the next 30 days, anyone who asks a favor of God or man except from you, your majesty, shall be thrown to the lions. Your majesty, we request your signature on this law, sign it so that it cannot be canceled or changed. It will be a law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. So King Darius signed the law. But though Daniel knew about it, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs bedroom with its windows open toward Jerusalem and prayed three times a day just as he always had, giving thanks to his God. Then the men thronged to Daniel's house and found him praying there, asking favors of his God. They rushed back to the king and reminded him about his law. Haven't you signed a decree? They demanded that permits no petitions to any God or man except you for 30 days, and anyone disobeying will be thrown to the lions. Yes, the king replied. It is a law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be altered or revoked. Then they told the king, that fellow Daniel, one of the Jewish captives, is paying no attention to you or your law. He is asking favors of his God three times a day. Hearing this, the king was very angry with himself for signing the law and determined to save Daniel. He spent the rest of the day trying to think of some way to get Daniel out of this predicament. In the evening, the men came again to the king and said, Your majesty, there is nothing you can do. You signed the law and it cannot be changed. So at last, the king gave the order for Daniel's arrest. and He was taken to the den of lions. The king said to him, 
May your God whom you worship continually deliver you. Then they threw him in. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with that of his government so that no one could rescue Daniel from the lions. Finally, verse 18, then the king returned to his palace and went to bed without dinner. He refused his usual entertainment and didn't sleep all night. Thank God for the reading of his word. I want to talk about he's still a deliverer. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You may be seated even in the presence of our God. He's still a deliverer. Uh, when we are faithful and committed to his cause, he still is faithful to deliver us from our circumstances. I was reading the Barron's financial newspaper and one of the recent headlines uh, is entitled The Subscription Revolution. It's talking about how uh, the subscription business is one of the hot markets in today's economy and business. I thought about that, the subscription revolution. I said to myself at first glance, it must be fake news. Uh, maybe back in the 80s and 90s uh, when subscriptions were popular. You all remember subscriptions to magazines, House and Garden, Ebony Jet, Sports Illustrated, whatever the case might be. Maybe in the 80s and 90s, subscriptions would be a hot commodity. Certainly not now. Matter of fact, many of you may remember Columbia House. You remember that? I know you do. You built a lot of your record collections. Subscribing to Columbia House. They said, send us a penny. We'll send you 15 CDs or cassette tapes. Y'all remember that. I'm not going to have you arrested. We're not going to probably. You can say amen. Y'all remember Columbia House? I mean, I had every album David Sanborn put out. Every album Public Enemy had. I had it all based on Columbia. Now, how many of y'all fulfilled that subscription? You don't have to answer. Just look the answer. Yeah. And so when I read this article in the Barron Financial newspaper, I, I quickly dismissed it. Subscription, certainly, that cannot be a hot market today. Uh, later on that day, I went to get my car washed. Uh, pull up, uh, to offer my pay, $9.99 for a car wash. And while I'm rolling down my window, a gentleman runs out of the car wash and says, excuse me, sir. Uh, how would you like to have your car washed as many times as you want for the same price you're about to pay now for one wash? I said, well, how can that happen? He said, all you have to do is subscribe to our membership and you get your car washed as many times as you want. Y'all have that experience? Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. The article was not talking about subscription. Uh, to magazines and newspapers, but rather subscription to services. Yeah, that, that, that's, the, that, that's the hot market now, subscription to services. I talked to one of our members, uh, one of our many successful entrepreneurs, he owned car dealerships, car washes, Brother Brown. I said, Brother Brown, I was at a car wash the other day, told him what happened. I said, listen, I used to work at a car wash in high school. 
Remember my dad's church on James and Son Car Wash on Michigan Avenue in Chicago, Illinois. My brothers and I, we all worked there doing high school. I said, listen, I know what it takes to run a car wash. I said, how in the world can these car washes make any money? Telling people all you got to do is pay $10, $14, you wash your car as much as you want. I said, you know some people are going to take advantage of it, right? Some folks are going to be there two, three times a day, even when they don't need a wash. And he started laughing. Let me tell you what Brother Brown shared with me. He shared a number of things with me. Let me share, your, share with you a couple of things he informed me about. He said, Pastor, they may start out at that level of commitment, washing their car two or three times a day. He said, that's just going to last about a week. He said, pretty soon it's going to be once a day. Pretty soon it's going to be once a week. He said, it's going to be once every other week. Once a, he said, but all the while, the company is still charging that credit card every month. Right. Yeah. Not only that, he said, some folk will even move away out of town and not cancel the subscription. Okay. And they'll still be getting charged for the service. You got me? And so what's he talking about? He's talking about the level of commitment. It may start out high, but then it will often uh, decrease. Wayne, if you will, and I thought about that, and, and I thought about how true that is in the secular world, and also uh, how true it is with the church and spiritual matters. But I stopped by this morning to give you a word of encouragement to encourage you that uh, when you are committed to your faith, and to God, and to the Lord's church, uh, uh, you may incur some expense, but the benefits are always going to pay off more than the expenses you are incurring. That's what I'm trying to get to. I don't know if I get there today, but that's what I'm aiming for, all right? Yeah, yeah. When, when, when you stay faithful uh, with, with your commitment to Christ, uh, God is able to deliver you. He'll step in. He'll be faithful in his deliverance for you. I believe that's one of the things the text is uh, designed to, to demonstrate to us today. Uh, first of all, we have an illustration here uh, of the fact that God can design uh, the trials and situations that, that you go through, first of all, to confront you with the reality of your own human limitations. Listen, I know some of you, you've been in a situation that has been so crazy and uh, chaotic uh, that now you realize only God could have gotten you out of it. I mean, your predicament was so desperate, uh, so difficult, it was so dysfunctional and dangerous, uh, you realize only God could have delivered you from it. I declare life can bring all of us to moments when it looks like uh, our choices have become so constricted. Uh, our hope has become so hindered. Our strength has become so strained. And our faith has become so fractured. We're forced to come to the realization of our own human limitation. And so often it is then after realizing our limitation that we finally begin to see and embrace God's emancipation and liberation. And so it's our trials that bring on developed trust in our God. And listen, let me say this. When you trust in God, you discover he can take the same circumstances that were set to work against you and make them work for you. Am I preaching to myself today? God can transform that same situation you thought was leading to your demise and use it as a platform for your deliverance. He can take even what your enemies put in your way and use it to help you on your way. 
He'll turn stumbling blocks into stepping stones. And that's one of the primary testimonies of the text this morning. Literally, it, this text I've read for your hearing and for your consideration, it's literally pregnant with praise. Because it demonstrates the delivering power of our God. And I just believe there's somebody in here today who knows God is still a deliverer. Uh, he, somebody here knows he's still able to bring you out, bring you over, bring you through, do whatever you need done in your life. It's worth our attention today because uh, you know what it means to be bound, uh, to be hindered, restricted, held back, but then have God step in and make a way out of no way. Let me go a little bit further with that. Some of you have some stuff on you. You know you could not have got out on your own. Uh, but look at you now. You're no longer bound. It's all behind you. You over it and it's out of you. And listen, when you think about how long uh, it seemed like it had you. Yeah. And how deeply it hurt you and harmed you and, and how it had you so dysfunctional. And then you recognize how God brought you through it. Uh, you got to recognize it's only because the hand of the Lord must have been on you even while you were going through it. Right. Yeah. And I know that's hard for somebody in here, hard for you to even talk about because no one else even knew how deep you were in it. And you know, you can have a whole lot of folk around you, but sometimes folk can be around you and still not be able to come in on what you're going through. Yeah, yeah. And for some of us in here, nobody knew how, how bad it had you. Right. Uh, they, they, they couldn't understand the pain, the trauma, the depression. Nobody but you and the Lord. Uh, they didn't know, uh, but now you can testify. I know now for myself, God is still a deliverer. Yeah. And if he delivered you on yesterday, he's able to do it again on today. And so listen, in the text, we have the profile of a persistently and proficiently faithful and committed individual. Even when he was a displaced refugee as a boy, uh, back in chapter one of Daniel, uh, he remained committed and faithful even then. Uh, even with no power, no palace, and no position, he still was able to remain committed to his faith in God. Yeah. But then by chapter 6 of Daniel, after some ups and downs, highs and lows, setups and setbacks, he's still found committed and faithful to God. Notice that his commitment and faithfulness is not something that is simply periodic. Uh, it's not something periodical. Uh, God's not looking for a periodical commitment and faithfulness. He gets glory from a persistent and consistent commitment to faithfulness. Yeah, yeah. Daniel remains faithful through the ups and the downs, the highs and the lows, the good and the bad. And that's the type of life we ought to be committed uh, seeking to live for Christ today. Yeah, we need live. Uh, we need uh, our lives uh, not of situational faithfulness, but consistent commitment in our faithfulness. That means having faithfulness not just when everything appears to be working to your advantage, uh, but even when it appears to be working to your disadvantage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there are going to be times that you cannot see uh, the immediate outcome and advantage of your commitment and your faith. You got to learn how to trust God even when you can't trace God. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, a whole lot of times you step out on faith, you can't see the end result. Uh, Y'all remember Abraham going up the mountain? 
sacrifice his only son and and he gets up to the mountain and after he finally gets up to the mountain to the altar the angel of the lord speaks says abraham hold your knife don't do your son any harm there's a ram caught in the thicket uh, and it's behind you already Uh, now now if the ram is caught in the thicket and it's behind him why didn't abraham see it while he was on his way up the mountain The reason he didn't see it on his way up the mountain because he was going up one side, but God was bringing the blessing up on the other side. And he couldn't see it till he got to the top of the mountain. Am I preaching to anybody in here? A whole lot of times when you step out on faith, you're not going to be able to see the blessing until you get to where God is trying to get you to. Preach A.T. Curry. I'm doing the best I can. Matter of fact of the matter is our faithfulness, our commitment to Christ leads to his favor upon us. God grants favor when he finds a committed, faithful life to him. Now the context of the text today informs us that Daniel, uh, as a teenager, was deported uh, from his homeland to Babylon. He's stripped of everything, left with nothing but simply his relationship with the Lord. But what I like about him right there is the fact that he shows you that that if you have nothing but God, you already have everything that you need. Yeah, yeah, because we see evidence that when you're faithful, listen, God can circumvent your circumstances to work on your behalf. So Daniel was even faithful. Listen, he's so faithful and committed. He was even faithful to the diet of his faith. Daniel 1 verse 12 says... Uh, After being offered the meat and wine the king ate for himself, Daniel denied the offer and said, no, man, it's all good. Just give me some vegetables and water. And because of Daniel's commitment to even the diet of his faith, uh, the king uh, uh, eventually uh, recognizes it. It catches the attention of the king. And it's so interesting that when you look at his life, And his journey because uh, uh, you can see that it was his uh, commitment and faithfulness in little things that brought him opportunity and favor in big things. Let me share this with somebody. If you ever hope to manage the big stuff, uh it it, it starts by being faithful in handling the little stuff. Matter of fact, Bible says if you just faithful over a few things, he's able to make you ruler over many. Bible says a man's gift will make room for him. It'll bring you in front of great men. And so look at Daniel. His his obedience ends up setting him up for greater opportunity. His commitment to his conviction set him up for favor from the king and a position in the palace. Listen, brothers and sisters, whenever you're committed and faithful to God and his church, God has a way of responding with favor and increased opportunity. And the favor that rested on Daniel's life, it even transcended administrations and generations. Because even when Nebuchadnezzar, uh, the king who uh, was in charge at first dies, uh, Daniel even then finds favor with Belshazzar, his successor. And it's Daniel who ends up reading the handwriting on the wall for him. But then eventually Belshazzar dies, but Daniel is still living on. 
And now at the time of the text, there's another king in power, King Darius. Now he sits in power. I said all that to say this, whether it be Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar, or Darius, the message is the same. That is, the favor of God is more significant than the fancy of people. People will come and go. Powers will come and go. Stock markets, job markets will rise and fall. Housing markets will come and go. But God is able to keep you through it all. He can deliver you through whatever circumstance you find yourself in. Here, uh, Daniel's employed by King Darius uh, in one of three regions. But the favor of God so saturated his life because of his commitment to God, that he's now uplifted as prime minister above all his colleagues, above the entire empire. It's amazing, I tell you, when you look at Daniel's story, because he had been uh, a part of a conquered people. His people had to learn how to survive with less. But here he is now elevated, appointed over those who had been over him came to encourage you today whenever it looks like things are getting to be so tragically uh, uh, and drastically devastating in your life listen just know that when God steps in he can turn the tables on what you're going through and when he steps in and does that the victim will become the victor and, and, and you can eat and it's just because of your commitment to your faithfulness to God God will take you where he'll bless you. Listen, he'll even take you to places you never imagined you would go to begin with. And so Daniel was elevated from one of three, uh, but then realized something interesting. He realized as he was being promoted, he realized that new levels can bring on new devils. Uh, 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 new levels bring on new devils. Uh, uh, he, he, he witnessed the fact that high elevation can bring on wider hateration. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, whenever God is is promoting you and putting you on another level, uh, just expect some some new levels of, of discouragement coming your way because some folk will think that uh, 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 your your courteousness is a sign of weakness. And so, so often increase is escorted by attack. And so Daniel's previous colleagues uh, tried to find something against him, but couldn't find anything against him. The only thing they could find was the fact he prayed. His faithfulness to God was so consistent, uh, so vibrant. Uh, When his enemies wanted to bring him down, the only thing they could talk about was his testimony. And so they go and appeal to the king's pride. King Darius, uh, you got such a big ego. Uh, you, you ought to declare that for 30 days, everybody ought to bow down to you only. And hearing this, uh, King Darius, without thinking about the ramifications, took him up on it. And so now Daniel uh, is in the peak of power and position uh, with perks and provisions. But now he has to decide uh, whether to bow to Darius or keep bowing to the Lord our God. Apparently it didn't take much thinking on his part because Daniel didn't look for a loophole out of it. Bible says he just prayed as fervently and openly as before, even though now it meant he would be in a position that many would consider to be a disadvantage. And because he kept on praying, his enemies went back and pumped up the ego of the king more 
and told him, listen, that fella Daniel, that boy you got so much confidence in, uh, he said, listen, he's not obeying you. You got to throw him to the lions. Then finally the light comes on for King Darius. He realizes he's been a pawn in their manipulation, uh, in the manipulation of Daniel's haters. It's interesting, some people have been uh, used so much and so long by the enemy, they don't even realize it until after the game is over. So Darius is upset because he likes Daniel, but he can't get himself out of the jam that he's in. The hater said, you ordered the law, it's irreversible. He's got to be thrown down in the lion's den. And so look at Daniel now. His faithfulness has caused him to be put in peril. God had not even stepped in up to this point, it appears. God didn't stop the haters. Matter of fact, he permitted Daniel to be thrown in the situation that he's been thrown in. But I stopped by to tell you, uh, 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 if you're going to make it uh, through some of the things you got to go through, uh, it's going to take God to deliver you out of it. You're going to discover you got human limitations. Uh, but God always has another move. So Daniel prayed anyway because he believed as difficult uh, as what he was facing uh, that there was yet something God was going to do on his behalf. You've got to hold on to your belief, child of God, that God is going to do something. Uh, God's got to be up to something. Even when you're down to nothing, God is up to something. You're not getting me. Okay, okay. Listen, uh, there was a famous painting called Checkmate. And it was uh, in a, a famous museum, and toward the closing of the day, there's a fellow walking through, looking at the various exhibits. He finally gets to this exhibit. Uh, it's a picture of the devil laughing, sitting at one side of the chessboard, and a picture of a boy uh, broken down in tears on the other side. Uh, the inscription under the painting says, checkmate. The man just keeps staring at the picture, and finally, he begins hollering out, you got to take it down. You've got to take it down. Where's the manager? Where's the curator of this place? Uh-huh. Finally, management comes over. They said, sir, what seems to be the problem? They said, you've got to take this painting down. They said, what do you mean take it down? This is one of our most famous paintings. It's been all over the world. We finally got it to this museum. He said, you've got to take it down. They said, why? He said, because it's a complete lie. Yeah. They said, what do you mean it's a lie? He says, the painting says, checkmate. And he says, uh, that's a complete lie. They say, well, how do you figure that? He says, because I'm the champion chess player of the world. Yeah, yeah. And I'm telling you, it's not checkmate. The boy still has another move. Yeah, yeah. You missed your shot right there. That's a word from somebody. It may look like you have a move, but God always has. A, is there anybody in here? No, God always has another move. The devil doesn't have you in checkmate. God can turn the tables on what you're going through. Even when you're down to nothing, God is still up to something. So Daniel, he's put down inside the den. Stone is placed over the door of the den. Now the den sits down in the earth and and, and is deep. And and, and the stone is placed over the entrance of it. And, and, And so what happens inside the den while Daniel's in there? Uh, 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 verse 17, the king seals it, uh, meaning the decision cannot be overturned. Verse 18, something strange happens. The text says, strangely, the king couldn't sleep. The king had no appetite. The king is fasting all night. 
nothing about Daniel inside the den, uh -huh. but the ones outside the den are the ones who couldn't sleep. And I discovered, brothers and sisters, when you are uh, committed to being in the will of God, when your situation is out of your hands, uh, you ain't got to panic. You go ahead and get a good night's sleep. Uh, because when it's out of your hands, that means it's still in God's hands. And let those who put you in be insomniacs. God can keep you calm even while others are losing their mind. And so the Bible says, finally, brothers and sisters, the king, the next morning early, runs to check on Daniel. He says, Daniel, has your God been able to deliver you? Notice what happens. Verse 21. Uh-huh. Daniel answers. Is this mic still on? I said the king ran the next morning to check on Daniel. Daniel's been thrown down in the lion's den. Uh-huh. King runs early the next morning, hollers out to Daniel. Daniel, has your God been able to deliver you? The verse 21 says, Daniel answers. Well, I see about four of us got it. Daniel's in the lion's den. King runs there early the next morning. Daniel, has your God been able to deliver you? Verse 21, Daniel answers. I see what your problem is. You wait to see what he answered. I ain't excited what he answered. I'm just excited he answered. The fact he answered means he's still alive. Is there anybody in here? got a testimony this morning. I just thank God I'm still alive. Yeah. Wasn't supposed to make it, but I'm still alive. Won't he do it? I said, won't he do it? That's why I said, I'm still here. Been bruised, been bloodied. I'm still standing. He may gave me another day. That's why I tell you every Sunday, this is the day the Lord has made. You are rejoice and be glad in it. This is the way you're saying. I'm still alive. You still ain't giving. Okay. 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 I see. I see. You all been watching European pictures of Daniel in the den. And so you think it's some young, young, young kid down there. Listen, I told you he survived three generations of kings. He survived Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar, and Darius. That means Daniel now is 81 years old. This is an 81-year-old man in the lion's den. You still ain't getting it. I told you the den was down in the ground. When they threw him in, that was to kill him then. But God, the Bible says, send an angel. Won't he do it? Yeah, he's supposed to be dead, but God sent an angel that broke his fall and then sold up the mouth of the lion. That's why I'm shouting. Anybody in here ever been in some situations? Looked like it was going to take you out. But how many of you know God still got angels? I've got angels watching over me. Every day, every won't he do it? What's his name? I'm finished. I'm finished, but thank God for angels. Yeah. <laughs> 